0: All right, folks, shalom and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show. We are broadcasting live now from Judea and it is uh, day number two, number five, excuse me, day number five. It feels like day number two because it's like one long day. As we say in Judaism, Yom Arich, it's like one long day, these five days, starting Shabbat in the morning when we were going to synagogue, not just for Shabbat, but uh, for um, uh, Simcha Torah. It was one of the most kind of, it was a beautiful day outside, and it was serene, and we had just finished this holiday season of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, last day, the last day of joy, but we didn't think about the fact that it was also the uh, 50th year uh, to the Yom Kippur War, and we did not think about the fact uh, that our enemies were poised against us in a sneak attack, uh, that right now the death toll, and it could rise higher, is already 1,200 Jews. Probably the single biggest killing of Jews since the Holocaust in one day, uh, really um, a, a massive and horrific uh, uh, scale pogrom, and that's that's the other side of it. It wasn't just a war like it wasn't army against army. Uh, it was uh, death squads. I call them Einstein's Gruppen, right? Like like Nazi death squads driving around, and even worse, uh, a, a seditious element, uh, uh, not seditious. Uh, 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 an element of of torture and 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 uh, uh, gory behavior, uh, and now uh, such things that it's hard to even report. But uh, a find of forty children who were massacred, uh, partially decapitated, even some horrible things. Horrible videos have come out, uh, and and yet still uh, the nightmare doesn't stop there. Uh, it keeps going with um, um, the hostages that have been taken to gaza and we're talking about upwards of 150 hostages and so that nightmare is has not even been talked about that much in the news uh, because we haven't even dealt with that yet right now uh the i the israeli air force the iaf is hitting gaza on an unprecedented scale supposedly uh now the strips power plant has been shut down Uh, in the meantime authorities have named 189 soldiers uh, including 41 police officers killed. And the death tolls I mentioned has risen to 1,200. And also, uh, this is very important, it looks like there is uh, the establishment of an emergency war government uh, where uh, really um, some of the opposition parties are coming in into the government, including uh, Benny Gantz uh, is going to come into the the government and uh, Gadi Ashkenazi. Uh, they are they are coming in. Gadi Eisenkot, excuse me, is coming into the government, former chief of staff. And so we're having a situation where uh, the government seems to be getting ready for action, and yet uh, the biggest call-up uh, of troops uh, in Israel's history—three hundred thousand troops have been called up—have yet to uh, really see action. They're they're in the waiting and staging areas, but have yet to see action. Uh, so that's some of the hard stuff that that I've been. Uh, seeing out there. But I've also seen some very uh, beautiful stuff, and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, but I don't want to share it alone. I want to share it together uh, with Rabbi Shlomo Katz uh, from Shirat David, an author and a musician. Rabbi Shlomo Katz, shalom, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank hey, you, Shay. Shalom, my brother.
0: Uh, today has not been an easy day for you. I know you're very tired because you haven't slept, because like, like all of us, though, you're not wearing green. Uh, you are miguyas. You are uh, in this war effort. Uh, including uh, including taking part, you're a Kohen, but you took part today in, in guiding families that had to bury uh, their sons. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how your last five days have been going. I know that you've also been doing a lot of spiritual mentoring, a lot of classes out there, and people have been telling me, you, Shlomo Cats gave me a lot of strength. Tell me a little bit about the, uh, the situation as it is for you. You know, this, this is something that you don't know. I was supposed to see you on Saturday morning. I was heading to, uh, to come to pray with you. Uh, and yet uh, I, got, I got pushed back by Gazan Rockets. So tell me how the last five days have been for you.
1: It honestly feels like five years. It, it's time. Is, people say that Corona messed up the concept of time. This is messing up the concept of time, uh, in, my, in my opinion, much greater. Um, I really want to pick up on what you said and really get right to the point of it is that the last five days have been the darkest days I've ever lived in in my life. I'm only 43. I've never, in my wildest dreams, would have ever thought that we could experience such a thing like this that's still ongoing. But I do want to say also, I have never, ever felt closer to the soul of Israel in these last five days uh, like I do right now. In Kabbalistic terminology, there's something that's called that whenever there's a a great amount of light, a darkness, there's always going to be a counter amount of light. And um, that's something that I'm urging myself. Forget about telling people what to do. It's something I have to check in with myself all day long, all day long, to remember, to tap into that. The light of love and unity amongst our people is unprecedented. You know, we use that word unprecedented so much regarding the barbaric atrocities that have taken place. Um, it's, it's the same thing on the other side that I know you're aware of, and that's our wars. Those of us that aren't wearing green right now, we have to take advantage of what's been created right now. There's such a hole in the heart of Am Yisrael, but you know, a broken heart is, is, is one that has a hole in it. That means the heart's open. We've spoken about this before. The heart is wide open right now. And I pray that as we take advantage of, of seeing and feeling what's going on in Am Yisrael, like never before, uh, that that really brings us not just a consolation, because we're not at the stage of consolation. We're at the stage of war. And in war, you need to be strong. And this is giving me tremendous strength, and I'm sure to you as well.
0: Let's let's see some of the uh, things that you're talking about right now. Here's a video that I saw that I really liked.
1: Everything's great,
2: Hashem,
0: Okay, so that video was of uh, ultra Orthodox Jews making barbecues and making it real kosher and beautiful for them for the soldiers. So that's one. I'll give you, I'll give you another one that I like. And I'll, I'll cut it a little bit shorter, but uh, let's take a look at uh, the time when the uh, Breslov truck showed up to dance with soldiers.
2: <laughs> It's is an encee of the sun, the
0: All right so that that's a rare that's a rare video I mean the 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 Love truck shows up and and there's just total energy and and they're handing out the Tikkun and they're dancing and they're an, dancing to a song that is I'm I'm Israel the nation of Israel is not afraid I do want to show you one more video though because I don't want to mispaint the atmosphere in Israel uh, there is this kind of revelry there is food But there's also rage. And I just want to show one video, which I think is very instructive of some of that rage. I've seen many. Uh, But this one is of a group of, um, they're a kind of subgroup in Israel that they're they're a soccer fan group of uh, the the team called Beitar. And they're a subgroup within that called La Familia. Uh, And these guys are the kind of hardcore folks. They showed up to a hospital to fight against treatment for terrorists who had just murdered Jews. Let's take a look at that. If I didn't make it clear, they are looking for that terrorist that's being treated in the hospital, and they are looking to pummel him at the, at the very least. Uh, and they basically have said, we don't want to see terrorists who've just killed and murdered Jews. Uh, and the word I was looking for before is the sadistic, in sadistic fashion. Um, we don't want to see them getting great medical treatment. And that's 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 part of the story here also, which is that there is an anger. I even saw Rabbi Shlomo Katz, I even saw uh, a video of uh, folks yelling at one of the Knesset members, saying, "Like you guys have not provided us with that security, and we 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 are angry." There is, there's a lot of emotions here. There's a lot of stuff happening at the same time. There's a tremendous amount of interest in help. There's a here in the Gush Etzion tremendous amount of effort to do Chesed kindness, and but there's also an anger and and awaiting to to do justice. You also talked about this concept of justice, revenge. What's the what's the interplay between these these values?
1: Um, I think it's called health. I think it's becoming healthy again. I'm actually very happy you put that last video up, because when I saw it about an hour ago, I felt a bit healthier. As I know, this sounds very bizarre and this sounds very weird to a lot of people. Um, I want to point out a very, very uh, important element of this whole story. One of the one of the journalists that uh, he's a friend of mine. I'm sure you know him too. He lives out here in Gushetzion. Very, very uh, well known journalist. Uh, on the, He's on TV, I think Channel 13, all the time. Tzvi'i Cheskeli. You know Tzvi'i Cheskeli? I'm Tzviyah. a big fan. Yeah. Tzvi is a is, uh, Gibor Yisrael. He's a hero. Tzvi has been screaming for years, but now he's just being so clear and very calm, level-headed. And he's saying, guys, if you think you're going to keep on uh, having this uh, Western mindset, with tactics of of war like this, you ain't going anywhere, and you're going to kill the morale of the people. When I heard that this, I'm calling them Bnei Mavet, children of people of death, that we are so sick in our heads to a certain extent that we still think that that's what's the right way to go, it needs to bring out a certain
0: rage. You mean you mean healing them? You mean to 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 treat them? I mean, uh, to right. Treat them to. Um, By the way, you call them, them you call them the name of it. I call them. I have a term for it. It's called jihad zombies. I feel like like, like there was a zombiness out there. There's like a zombie apocalypse. There's like a zombie movie. It's like and, and like and the street is. is like riddled with like zombies. Like it's like it a is. it's like a real it's like a it's like some kind of sick thing out of a out of a, out of a, you know.
1: Sick, You know, there's always this fear where people think, you know, if we start acting like them, we'll become them. But here's the cool thing. We could never. Like that, and I didn't decide that, and you didn't decide that. That was the way God created the Jewish people with a different, it's a different DNA. It's a different DNA. We, we could never become that because in our heart of hearts, what we do and how we act, <clears throat> especially in times like this, is because the glory of Hashem, the glory of God, we could never become that, ever. But certain things must change in the way we interpret our Judaism, in the way that we interpret our being here in the land of Israel, in the way that everything about our Jewish life and our humane life manifests. And it's a game-changing time right now. It's a spiritual revolution, just as much as it's being a physical revolution as well. And now's the time to now's the time to really understand that we're in a war, and we need to understand new weapons, uh, using new weapons and how to, how how, to, how that how that works. The army knows that. We need to know that as well.
0: Certainly, I've seen a lot of creativity on the on the other uh, side. Uh, I think that that our enemies have surprised us again. Maybe they've surprised us because of certain amount of hubris, uh, but they have shown creativity uh, in this in this war, and we we have kind of yet to. Um, I, I, there is one beautiful thing about the Jewish people, and that's our connection to our brothers and sisters in the diaspora. I know that there's a lot of people that look to you and are connected to you. There's a lot of money being sent over. There's a lot of stuff being sent over, and I was on a call with uh, with with important people in the U.S. Senate earlier today. And we were talking about the gear that israel needs and i said to them but it's not just about that it's also about the need of folks in the united states and other places who love israel to express that in this time of need so kind of final question for you how do we how do we use how do we use this crisis how do we use this crisis yeah. give one example about that the bridge between uh, diaspora jewry and israel and lovers of israel and israel uh, but how do we use this crisis optimally uh, to grow because and and I'm guessing it's not going to go away very quickly. After this, we're going to. It's going to take a long time to unpack this, and this and not to not to mention the hostages, that 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 can of worms has not even been opened yet, and and the the horrors of that. Uh, so, how do we take something out of this? How do we talk to our children?
1: You're asking yeah. some loaded loaded questions. I'll, I'll yeah. just try to answer them one by one. Um, if if I please God, the words come out. You know what I'm doing. I'm do, I'm, I'm I'm actually documenting myself these days. Um, stuff that I'm not putting out there. I'm I'm looking in the camera and I'm talking to myself, and I'm telling myself, you know, this happened today, and that happened today, and they koshered non-kosher restaurants in Tel Aviv so that they could send out food to any any sort needs to eat, and that the Ger Assidim, like you showed, where I'm documenting all this, I'm, I'm saying to myself, this is all actually happening. This is real, this is a very important thing. There's oneness in Am to a, to a large extent. There's, lo- there's oneness between diaspora Jewry and, and, and the, the Jews of Eretz Israel. I'm documenting, them. I'm asking people to document themselves, expressing their emotions to themselves, because this seems, you said it's like a zombie, like, you know, we need to, we must, remember that what's going on right now is the most alive we've been. Alive doesn't mean you feel good necessarily, but it means that you're alive. Feeling the pain means you're alive. So I'm asking everyone for themselves, record yourselves, talk to yourselves, express your feelings of what you're seeing, what you're feeling about the soul of Am Yisrael. Because it's so when the blame game is gonna begin once this is over, it's gonna you're right, it's gonna be it's gonna take a long time. But when it does, it's gonna be very, very hard to get back to this place. But this is the place from which we have to continue to operate from. <laughs> Even after we 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 please God, please God, wipe the face of evil away from this region. Please God. If that's not enough, that's Surmeira that's getting rid of evil but then the asetov. so I'm fo- I'm encouraging everyone everyone please make sure that this is a this is a, a time in your life that you're documenting that you're really taking note of for your and and when you're asking about your children this is what should be speaking spoken about with our children mm-hmm. because they say that, as much as we listen I took my, my kids phones away but they um they, they're still they, they know what's up they know oh, yeah. what's up Oh, yeah. But ha- however, this is the side that I'm urging parents to speak about. Don't, don't pretend that nothing's happening. Acknowledge that there's some very dark evil in the world, but there's a bright light coming from the people of Zion like never before. Probably even more than 48. Probably more than 67 to a certain extent. Because we're that many more people now.
0: No doubt about it. It's one of the fascinating things about war is that it's it's it's. You're right, and you said it. it's an interesting thing. It's not usually something the rabbis talk about, but it's there is an there is a an edge of life. It's like a juicy fruit. It's like because you're right on the you're right on the cusp of you know of uh, of 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 death and and there's the struggle between life and death. And it's known that some plants flower when they're drying out because they're like okay, you know, what I mean, let me let me let, let me let, you know let me release my beauty and also and also make the next generation I've, I've noticed and i you know i've noticed that men are more masculine women are more feminine there's just there's something hyper in the air uh when 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 you're faced with this, such a thing and of course the the best of Am is coming out people are 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 packing for one another and one last video for you and then i've got to let you go uh rabbi shlomo Ketz, thank you so much for joining us but here's one last video here is an airplane full of uh, Israeli soldiers who were abroad, who were basically picked up uh, by this airplane to come and fight this war. Let's see. Hey,
2: I'm
0: Maya. It's good. We're
1: going to go to the house. We're going to go to Israel. What's the way to you to the We Israel. Hey! Hey!
0: These are Peruvian Israelis in Peru uh, on a Peruvian trek. They're getting on the airplane and they're singing in excitement to fight the wars of Israel. And and somebody organized that plane for them. No other country w- would do that. So you're right, Rabbi Shlomo Katz. Uh, this is like a, you know, and may Hashem, uh, may Hashem give us because you're right. Because when this thing, when the dust is going to settle, there's going to be a lot of pain as well to deal with and to channel. Through.
1: Yeah, yeah. Simchas
0: Torah, 5774. Rabbi Shlomo Ketz, I want to thank you so much for being with us, and God bless you, and continue to give strength to a lot of people.
1: Amen, my honor. All my love, Ishai.
0: All right, folks. Uh, Ishai Fleischer here, and we are broadcasting live from Judea to uh, the world. Uh, and we're going from rabbi to rabbi. We have one of my favorite rabbis in the world, and that's Rabbi Stephen Prasansky, uh, formerly of Teaneck, New Jersey, uh, and now of Eretz Yisrael, and also a legal scholar and a historian and a teacher Rabbi Przansky, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you came uh, to live... I, I wouldn't say about you that you made Aliyah because you were, were always halfway in, so you you, you came over fully uh, just a few years ago. Um, but um, given you... I a veteran... had a toehold
3: and then a foothold, and now I'm here in my entirety.
0: That's right. Exactly what I meant to say. And Now, now, now you... Judging from your gray beard, you're a wise rabbi, but also a little bit veteran, so you may have also seen other wars, am I right? You were around for other wars for, of it, Israel. It,
3: it's true. I, I have vivid memories, of course, of the Yom Kippur War and uh, finding out—I was living in Muncie at the time, finding out already mm-hmm. at Mincha time that uh, the defenses had been breached, and I think just like this past Simchat Torah, the reports are sketchy, and there are a lot of rumors, unfortunately— this past Shabbat, Simchat Torah, a lot of those sketchy reports and rumors, if anything, understated the reality. And uh, by the time the holiday ended, we were confronted with this uh, most uh, awful scene of uh, carnage, of the unknown, of terrorists loose in our midst, really just bloodthirsty, seeking to kill Jews, to murder Jews, and at the time, the shock was so great that they, they, we didn't have a plan formulated to deal with it. When I spoke about this early in the week, I actually called this war, you know, the government has its own names for wars, uh, Harvot Barzel, Swords of Iron. I called it the Second Yom Kippur War. Not only mm-hmm. because there's obviously an intelligence failure that uh, an unpreparedness that will come to... Uh, light and investigation after the war, but because I felt very deeply that the events of this past Yom Kippur, 5784, just two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, played such a role in this. I mean, those terrible scenes of disruptions of davening all across the country, and the disunity, and almost this passionate uh, rejection of God... By, I won't say many Jews, but I would say by, by many loud Jews, loud Israelis, I think it rendered our tfilot, our prayers on that day, uh, less than optimal. And so when Yom Kippur ended, we expect atonement. But when this Yom Kippur ended, there was such a bad taste in everyone's mouth that it's hard to say our prayers were accepted because disunity was so prevalent. And now the situation unfolded, where in fact, there's such an intense unity amongst the Jewish people and all those people for months who are saying, we're going to refuse to serve, we're not serving. Well, right now, the conscription rate of reservists is about 108%, meaning far more people have reported for duty than were called up for duty which I think in most of the world is really unprecedented. It only shows that deep down, we have the core that keeps us together. And when that core is challenged, every Jew knows and knows very intensely that we are only one people. We are one family. God gave us one land and one Torah. And we have to do what we can as a nation to protect all of them.
0: You were there for for yom kippur war there was that intelligence there was that intelligence failure there was also a creativity on the side of the enemy that's what's bothering me it's one of the things that bother me it's
3: the, it's the right the- well in the yom kippur war the major change was that israel was complete besides the surprise attack which we now know israel had advanced warning of but were in, essentially intimidated by the americans by henry kissinger into not launching a preemptive strike But it seems from this vantage point that even if they had, it might not have made much of a difference because of the point that you raise, the introduction by the Egyptians of anti-aircraft missiles, the SAM missiles that the Soviets had provided them, for which Israel was completely unprepared. And on the first day of the war, fighter jet after fighter jet was downed and Israel's pilots captured and killed. And that was a stunning development, and that led to despair and despondency on Sunday, the day after, and even into Monday, where there was a feeling that how can we deal with this? And that's on the Suez. A similar thing happened on the Golan, but the Golan actually posed a more existential threat because between Egypt and Israel was the Sinai Peninsula, and that would require a journey to get from there to the Negev. But the Syrians had actually broken through on the Golan Heights. I saw Victor Kalani on television tonight, and he was one of the great heroes of the war. His unit was devastated, and he single-handedly knocked out 33 Syrian tanks, and it's unimaginable. But that really was miraculous. It had to be divine intervention. I actually spoke to someone years ago who was there as a journalist, And he said, the Syrians had nothing between them and Tveria. And they could have just descended from the Golan and conquered Tveria, defenseless. And he said to me, there's only one reason it didn't happen. It had to be God's hand. It had to be a miracle. And subsequently, the Syrians said after the war, when the officers were captured, that they didn't see any Israeli soldiers around. And they just assumed it was a trap that Israel had laid an ambush for them. It just completely stopped okay here, so yeah. yeah
0: right so that's what I was gonna say to you. okay that 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 was uh, you know there was miraculous stuff that stopped them here there just seemed to be like creativity was on their side they're flying over this thing they're surprising us all our defenses are not there where are our choppers where's the stuff uh and they're coming in with you know on these you know it's almost like they took the Israeli playbook that that's in both wars I sense like that they had this uh, lightning fast strikes these uh what did the germans call them blitzkriegs right there's like kind of kind of blitzkrieg a- attack and it's kind of creative and it's like you can't you know you can't easily stop it and they are kamikazes on top of it all um you know. well the role of
3: any enemy in war games is to project how best to overcome your adversary's strength and mm-hmm. exploit their weaknesses. And now again, yet you know, it's not the time for recriminations. But it, it does seem that Israel and the military establishment be- became too addicted to this high-tech, fancy gadgetry, which they thought would uh, solve their problems. But now it seems that the surveillance along the Gaza border was knocked out, perhaps by survey by a cyber attack, and just didn't function. And then, rather than have some type of traditional attack. You know, they throw, they shoot 500 missiles. They decided to have a very low-tech attack. The the infantry, a bulldozer knocking down a fence, the terrorists coming in on hang gliders, that's extremely low-tech. And it was so low-tech and diabolically clever that Israel was sadly unprepared for it. But I think no human being on Earth, no human being, could uh, anticipate the savagery of these terrorists and their attacks on, on civilians, on women, on the elderly, on children, on babies. It's unfathomable until you realize this is the face of Amalek. These are what the Nazis were. Amalek kills Jews simply because they're Jews and for no other reason. And therefore, it's an especially implacable foe And I'm afraid, I think we're all afraid that the Western world has given Israel, you know, like a week's grace. But after a week, and the scenes come out of Gaza will be unpleasant to the striped shirts and the, the stuffed suits sitting in the halls of diplomacy, that they'll say to Israel, all right, it's enough, it's enough. You know, now it's just vengeance. Where it's not vengeance, you can't allow Hamas to exist. And I think, again, we could look back, and many people spoke about this for years already, this policy of mowing the lawn, you know, of just like uh, diminishing their capabilities every couple of years, where their anger is so fierce and their their hatred is so passionate and irrational, it could never be assuaged. It was a big mistake. You can't accommodate that type of evil. It can only be eradicated.
0: Okay, so um, a lot of us have... We we've all had to to somehow touch up our lingo, and we can't say what we really think a lot of times fully. That's that's where they've brought us. That even like even folks that have a, a you know a, a formulated opinion, we can't always express it because we're afraid to say it exactly uh, uh, fully. And even even myself and I think you just a little bit danced around it. What do you mean? Do, do you believe that Israel should or will it uh, assert control over the Gaza Strip? Uh, will it will it reincorporate it into Israel? Will it assert sovereignty over Judea and Samaria? Will it take the Temple Mount uh, and create it as a central place of Jewish prayer and worship, and, and somehow deal with the fact that the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque serve to as beacons of anti-Semitism and jihadism? Like, is there going well, to be? Is and, and you? And I'll keep going. Just a few more questions. Like you, you, you. I think very correctly identified this gadgetry type of uh, attitude. I, I, I. Oftentimes, already for years, have said to the army and to soldiers, I said, "You're very good at at high tech, but you're not good at this. You're not good at this. The low tech. It's just to shoot the the gun to against bad guys." So, uh, the question is, and I'm asking you from almost a sociological point of view, do you think? For, and also as an experiential question, from your experience, do you think that this is a watershed moment in any real sense? Do you think that there's going, this is going to shift the Jews out? I mean, if 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 I could speak in the, you know, from the voice of God, this is like a, I'm sending you a wake up moment here. Do you think that that wake up moment is going to indeed wake us up?
3: I, I think in an ideal world, it's true. It's for Israel, the American equivalent of uh, the Arab terror of September 11th, Uh, even though, I mean, Americans should realize that just go by percentage of population, it would be as if on September 11th, 30 to 35,000 Americans were killed suddenly, Mm. instead of uh, less than 3,000. That is horrific. I mean, 3,000 was horrific, but now the equivalent of 30,000 it would boggle the mind and there was a time that America had this commitment to eradicate uh, radical Islamic terror and then like everything it fades over time the memories become a little blurry and we move on to other things there's a good reason for it, almost a healthy reason for the most part people living in Western societies they bear no animus against others they just want to raise their families and go to work and lead peaceful, prosperous, meaningful lives. So at a certain point, we lose that, that intense uh, hatred of an enemy, especially a faceless enemy. And when there are no further attacks, then we're able just to say, okay, it's it's enough already. We inflicted our damage, and now it's time to move on. Going back to original points, you know, I never mince words. And I remember writing an article in 2014 after another particularly uh, gruesome Hamas attack in the synagogue in Harnoff. The article was called Dealing with Savages. And I remember being pilloried by the rabbinic and Jewish establishment (laughs) in America for using the word savages to describe Hamas. And I was thinking of that this week when even, you know, the the mainstream, uh, even the people on the left, saying savages and i realized my mistake was when i call them savages it's a compliment to them. they take it as a compliment because that's what they want to be that it, right. it's as if that salma kim the image of god is gone and all well, they see is hatred and and viciousness and, and but there is a tactic involved reality. here
0: also the rabbi prozansky there's a tactic here well it's all tactic that's terror exactly and that by the way if we go back to 1948 uh, the in uh, 1929, uh, the massacre in Hebron. If you go to 48, here the massacres that happened uh, in um, in and other places. They purposefully uh, mutilated bodies and, and made sure those pictures were taken in order to sow fear. It, it's, right. It's, well, you it's see a, that tactic even, of war.
3: Right. Netanyahu chose, as did Biden yesterday, to compare Hamas to ISIS, maybe to appeal to an American audience. But look, the fact is ISIS did similar things. And they did it to other Muslim Arabs for the most part. Right, right. So there, there, there's this element. I don't want to say it's a dominant strain, but it's certainly a prevalent strain in Islam of this type of brutal, violent, uh, unfathomable behavior to anyone who has any claim to to decency. And the Western world started dealing with it twenty, a little over 20 years ago. We never really have. Now, you ask other questions about the future of uh, Gaza and uh, the Temple Mount, and I don't have any answers for that. I mean, right now, Gaza... But, my, but been... my main question
0: was, do you think, from your experience, that that this psychologically, spiritually, sociologically, religiously, that there there's going to be a shift that comes out of this thing? Right.
3: So you ask me based on my experience, and uh, I'm not that old, by the way, but I, I do have some experience, and and sadly... These cataclysmic events usually have a short term effect. Right. A short term effect, meaning people will start rethinking their views, but ultimately they will just revert to the norm once the shock and horror begin to ebb. It happened after September 11th. I'm afraid, I fear it'll happen now also. And you, you know, we always speak about this, how war unites the Jewish people. And if only we had after the war, we have during the war, etc. cetera. It's true, but there's a reason why it never works like that. Yeah, it makes, it, it makes a difference in the short term. And I think mm-hmm. on most people, maybe it'll, it'll uh, smooth some of the rough edges and we won't be as ideological. But at the end of the day, people's ideologies, especially when they're not based on reason, But based on passion or fantasy, illusion, it's very hard to part with that because their entire essence is bound up with that. And I'll give you a perfect example. A few people wrote this week in various media outlets that, well, obviously the two state delusion is dead because who in their right mind would ever now Uh, carve up again the land of Israel and give it to an Arab entity that has sovereignty and the ability to come into our villages and towns and cities and wantonly kill people. Who would do that? Yeah, right. I knew it was a delusion uh, 50 years ago, but I'm not sure the people who are committed to it believe that. They may say it now and they may feel it now, but in six months someone will plant a seed and they'll just revert back to the norm. I once compared it, you know, I, I was once in the Cayman Islands. This is the first time I had to drive on the left side of the road, all right? And it, it's, it's, an, it's an adjustment. I've done it a few other places since then, but the first time it's a real adjustment because you're naturally always turning to the right. So here I'm in the car with my wife. I remember thinking, you know what? This is the Middle East because whatever happens, the people who believe in this two-state illusion it's like you're driving the car. You're always going to the right. You're going to go to the right because that's what you used to. That's that's your natural form of driving. Their natural political belief is always going to veer to that. So, yeah, some people may reevaluate, but that's not the majority. Most people are going to revert to what has carried them to this point. And that unfortunately is this is a delusional uh, state that says that they want peace as much as we do. And all they really want is sovereignty and a homeland and dignity, etc. cetera. And I think if you paid cl- careful attention to Joe Biden's uh, address yesterday, which said many, many positive things about Israel and support, he did say, and, and I pick up on these things, I uh, studied political science, he picked up, he said, Hamas does not represent the Palestinians, albeit they did vote <laughs> Hamas into power in right. 2006. So these so-called innocent civilians voted for this genocidal group. But he said what they want, the Palestinians, is to live in dignity with self-determination. Well, what that told me, self-determination, that means he has not abandoned this fantasy of two states. And therefore, that pressure will again be on Israel, maybe not in the short term, but in the, not even the long term. slightly longer short-term within six months to a year that is going to be reborn.
0: Rabbi Stephen Przanski, before I let you go I want to show you a little video of uh, Jews in Lakewood New Jersey uh, praying for the situation So there are Jews uh, in Lakewood, New Jersey, praying hard for Israel and uh, showing, I guess, solidarity and, and understanding the Am- Amalek energy that, that attacked us and so forth. It's very
3: it's very inspirational. I saw the Satma, the Satma Hasidim had a similar rally in right. Brooklyn yesterday. So when it comes down to it, Zionists, Zionists, not Zionists, they like the Medina, they don't like the Medina. They realize, all of us realize, when the Jewish people are attacked, it cuts all of us to the core. And we're all family. We may dress differently. We had different hats and headgear. We may, we may even have different levels of religious observance. But nonetheless, when Jews are attacked, we feel this bond towards one another. And what is it that uh, Jacob, our father, said, that the secret to Jewish success? He said, He said, with my sword and my bow, and Rashi said, with my wisdom and my prayer. The sword is our chachma, our wisdom, and we once again have to access that wisdom that makes us the amchacham benavon, this wise and insightful people, we have to access it and uh, implement it to the best of our ability. But also our prayers, which are like the bow, the, the, on a bow and arrow, the more you pull it back, the more intense and passionate you are, the further the arrow travels. That's what we need: the prayers of all Jews and all good people of faith.
0: Rabbi Stephen Przansky, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for giving us chizuk, and uh, may we—I uh, I, I only can hope that your uh, assessment is 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 going to be a little bit better. That indeed we're going to somehow. Uh, use this moment to catapult ourselves
3: into into a different and better time i hope so because i know eventually it will happen
0: amen rabbi stephen prasansky thank you very much for joining me a big school to have you with us uh he's a rabbi emeritus from Tinek, from uh, bnei usheron is that right rabbi that's right wait like can we bring back the rabbi for a second can we bring back the rabbi What? what the synagogue like can we unmute there please can we Rabbi hold on you're muted just one second?
3: I'm better now. Going?
0: Yeah, go ahead. You're better. You heard. You're correct. Bene Ishuran yeah. in
3: Teaneck, New Jersey. That's right. I remember That's going right. there and
0: feeling like I'm as as you said, a foothold, a toehold in Israel. Rabbi, thanks again for being with us. Thank no you. All right. Uh here's a little video about uh about how people in Japan are thinking about Israel today. Oh, Japanese folks, uh, singing. Oh, where did, where did Alex go? Uh, we were just about to have Alex Trayman. We just lost him. Um, laugh. We could get him back. I was just about to, uh, to have him on. I was just going to him right now. Uh, so if you could get him back for me, I'd appreciate it. Uh, in any case, I want I actually want to take this opportunity to thank laugh Fleischer for being my producer today and helping me uh, on the show so much, just about to, um, I uh, was just about to get to Alex Trayman uh, from JNS. Let's see if we can get him back. In the meantime, I'm gonna play uh, a very a very painful video. And that is, uh, well, you'll see. You'll see here Here it is um, about the pain of this war. Shaili Atari and her one month old baby escaped her home and survived by hiding in the kibbutz. Her husband, Yahav disappeared. She wanted to speak to us. Listen,
1: I feel like every minute counts right now, so uh, because he's either uh, injured somewhere or either kidnapped, so every minute uh, is like uh, important. Ma? Ma? Ma?
4: Ma? While we filmed, a phone call came. Ma? I and Video.
0: And the news she dreaded. You have is dead. <laughs>
4: This is the horror of war. The family
0: have allowed us to show this so that everyone understands what it is like. Stuart Ramsey, Sky News, Southern Israel. Very painful video to see uh, somebody right there uh, finding out that their uh, husband was killed. And these are the sanitized videos of the amount of pain that uh, th- that Israel has been experiencing. Um, so we have we have so many we have so many factors here at the same time, right? We have uh, the um, we have the um, we have the factor of uh, the surprise attack. We at the same time, w- the question is, where did the surprise come from? Is it a failure of intelligence? Has somebody beaten us? Has somebody sold us out? What about God? The, why, why did he allow this? Is it a punishment? Is it a form of awakening? What about the international picture? Uh, what about the international picture? Uh, it's not uh, clear to me uh, what the international picture is really about. Is is as the rabbi said, uh, Biden trying to slow us down and to re-implement uh, the so-called peace process where we give away our land to these very jihadis? Uh, I want to tell you that uh, usually I have a lot more comments, and that's because I'm on Facebook with my uh, uh, you know, almost sixty thousand followers. But today, I was a, I was a, <laughs> I was informed by Facebook that they're blocking my live streams. Why? Because they found a post from two, from 22 that I guess somebody reported that said Hamas zero Israel one or Oh Mom one, and I showed that she was on the Temple map. Uh, and so they are now blocking me. Why is that? Uh, because I guess um, I guess because um, they uh, somebody reported me or they don't want this kind of content going out. Well, we're gonna fight that hopefully uh, and get back. let's uh, let's read some of the uh, the texts that people have been sending. A wizard of pause writes, "I am full of rage and I'm not even an Israeli. Of course. you don't have to be Israeli to be full uh, of rage about about this this. This uh, rabid anti-Semitism murder, wanton murder. Of course not. Uh, Chris says, the dome's got to go. It is disgusting. Um, um, It's, as my friend Jake would say, it's a way, and let's see if we can get uh, uh, if we can get Jake, if we can get Jake to, to come on the show. But Chris says, the Dome's got to go. It's disgusting. I don't know the word disgusting exactly right. It is a way to represent another religion's domination over Israel. It's Islam's domination over Israel. Um, And so that is a painful um, blockage of what what the light of Israel can and should be. And uh, that's what the Dome is, and it's there in order to dominate us. It's a dome It's a it's a, not a dome, but a domination. Uh, so that's a big part of it. And of course, uh, the the real thing that's supposed to be there is uh, the 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 Temple Mount in Jerusalem, uh, the Temple in Jerusalem. Uh, we have all kinds of folks uh, watching from all over the world. And Two uh, M Fierro writes, "I'm concerned. In the past, God blinded Israel and raised their enemies because of their sins, like gay pride parades, Tel Aviv, Jab Terror, abortion clinics." Uh, um so um uh, i'm just going to kind of bring it into one which is uh israel's got to return to god on the one hand we have to have good defenses and destroy our enemies and that and that's the thing we have to know how to hybridize both our poli our defensive, our military doctrines with our religious religious doctrines the truth is is that they don't conflict they don't conflict you have to have a strong national identity You have to have strong borders. You have to be a Middle Easterner, not allow not allow other tribes to uh, take over your land uh, and incur into your make incursions into your land. That's certainly true. Uh, And at the same time, um, we with that 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 realpolitik thinking, we have to have spiritual thinking, and that is that God wants us to be closer to Him. Uh, he wants us to follow his Torah. He wants us to keep his Sabbaths. He wants us to us to keep pure in our in our relations between man and wife. Uh, he wants us to to eat kosher and stay stay holy. Uh, that is what he wants us to do. And and these are things that are commensurate also with a strong uh, identity, Jewish identity, and a strong defensive identity. They're all related. They're all really related things. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, we have a lot of folks saying shalom, including Euro Bangla, uh, with the Turkish flag, who says, uh, I love Palestine. Well, that's great, and you can keep loving Palestine, but that does not mean that Palestine belongs in the Jewish homeland. Palestine can exist in Iraq or in other places, uh, but it cannot exist in the homeland of the Jewish people. Uh, it is, uh, uh, if there's if there is such an identity of those Palestinian people, uh, it's got to be subservient to uh, willing to live in a Jewish state. If if Palestine is an identity that wants to destroy Israel from within, then it's going to have no room in this country. We can't have it. Uh, we can't have it in our country. We can't have jihadism in our country. We can't have no-go zones in our country. We got to get rid of those things. We got to we got to make sure that this land is strong and Jewish and proud uh, and godly and doesn't have within it elements that hate it. And Chris rejoins and he says, the intent of the dome is disgusting to prevent prophecy, certainly to prevent Jewish prophecy, that's for sure. Uh, My friend at Buy My Books writes, why don't you run for political office in the Knesset? Well, maybe I will one day, maybe, but let's, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, um, let's, let's ask Hashem for good leadership. Let's ask Hashem for good leadership and for courage. Um, and Amy is 64, asks a, a question, which is, why does America give money to Iran? Or really fairly, uh, fairly, uh, a fair question is, why does America, why does Joe Biden give money to Iran and then give us speeches about how he stands with us when he supports the very people who are the destroyers of Israel? OK, that is so there's only two words about that, which is two faced. You got two faces. And that means that both your faces are fake. OK, it's, it's 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 such a fraud. And that's why I have no interest in in Biden intervention in this conflict. It is not in Israel's interest. Mark my words. The Joe Biden intervention in this conflict is not in Israel's interests at all. I I'm, you know. I don't want to get in trouble, but I wouldn't put it past the fact. I wouldn't put it past them. Not a fact. It's, it's, a, it's a conspiracy theory. I wouldn't pass wouldn't put past it that that the Biden administration had a hand in this attack one way or another. Um let's see. Uh Ayn Letzion says, What does the Torah teach us about the enemies of the land of Israel? Yeah, you gotta fight them and get rid of them. There's <laughs> no question about that you got to fight them and get rid of them. That's it. And you know, again, it's like, it's like, it's like Torah and common sense work together. Torah and common sense, fight the end. Do not allow people who hate you within your land. That's common sense. And it's also Torah. It's common sense. It's also Torah. Uh, Let's see what we got here. We got, it's the worst time to be an American ally when Biden is president. Yeah, it's not pretty. Sadly though, it is the regular fare. It doesn't matter what you think about president Trump. At the end he was pro-Israel and a lot of good things moved in the right direction uh, why Israel helped Gaza like food and water but they're destroying Israel and killing they not sure what that means uh, but certainly what we what <laughs> Israel should not allow our enemies and that's why I showed you a video let's get back to some of these videos for a second uh, when uh, when people are fighting against um, uh, equal treatment, to the enemies of Israel that they people don't want and what I mean to say is in hospitals people don't want to see terrorists being uh, healed uh, by by uh, by great Jewish doctors uh, people who just murdered uh, Jewish uh, innocent Jewish children and women Uh, so let us see a little movie here let's see what else we got you know what let's get a little overview let's get an overview of what uh, transpired uh, in this conflict Frequency
4: base, bombs, distortion, artifacts. in the morning, Hamas started with a big rocket attack on Israel, and from what seemed like a usual attack from Gaza, became every citizen's worst nightmare. At 7.35, terrorist units invaded the territories of Israel driving cars and motorcycles. They started driving in cities in Israel, shooting and murdering every civilian they passed by, (coughs) breaking into civilian homes, taking hostages, and murdering families, including men, women, babies, and elder civilians. While they were taking hostages and killing civilians, some of their units drove to a party, started shooting everyone they saw. Parents are still looking for their missing children, not knowing what happened to them. And unfortunately, it gets worse. The terror units of Hamas controlled the cities for more than 12 hours, filming and distributing some of their horrible actions when they conquered some of the cities surrounding Gaza. They broke into civilian homes, and those that they couldn't break into were burned, forcing the civilians to get outside and be slaughtered by Hamas cruel terror units. And no, this is not a horror movie. This is the reality right now in Israel. The terror units of Hamas call themselves the Freedom Warriors. There are hundreds of videos showing them celebrating around citizens' dead bodies, including elder women and kids. If you support Hamas, you support terror.
0: All right, folks, we're back here on the Ishai Fleischer Show. I really want to thank all the folks that make this show possible. Uh, and today we just want to mention some of the folks that are, are helping us uh, keep Israel strong at this time. And uh, one of them is unitywarriors.com. They're helping um, civilian uh, defense be strong with uh, making sure that they are uh, they have the right equipment, that they need life saving equipment, first response equipment. So that's unitywarriors.com. My good friend Ben Goldstein's doing a great job. Uh, Hebronfund.org is making sure that the Jewish community of Hebron, which is basically a thousand Jews surrounded by 200,000 Arabs, uh, a large amount of which are supporters of Hamas um, so that the Jewish community there stays strong and is able to defend itself and is able to continue its tradition of living in that town for over 3000 years. So that's Hebronfund.org. Uh, and of course, you have um, uh, Yishai Fleischer.com. But we actually let me put this up right now, which is we have we have a new uh, a, a website just for this conflict fightforisrael.org That's right, fightforisrael.org I'll put that up right now for you fightforisrael.org So these are ways that you could support Israel right now uh, in her time of need Um, Let's finish up the show uh, with the one and only uh, Malka Fleischer uh, who joins me from the next room over Malka Fleischer, Shalom Hello there how are Hi. You? How you
2: doing?
0: Okay. How how has been your uh, the the last two days of uh, how's how's day five of of conflict? Uh, there's such a range of emotions. I know. I know you went to the supermarket today. You saw what's going on out there, and um, you know you seen all the videos. In fact, you sent me a lot of the videos that we're seeing today. Um, tell me tell me uh, what what the update is from the Jewish woman perspective.
2: Um, Well, the update is, you know, we're all just uh, trying to keep the homes normal while being smart at the same time. Um, You know, some of the kids have met with teachers already over Zoom. Um, Our youngest son, um, who's in a really cool school, uh, teachers from the school went around to different kids' homes and shook their hands and brought them candy and just, like, showed them support that was really beautiful and I think meaningful. It was meaningful for me, that's for sure, but I think it was also meaningful for the kids. Um, Yeah, I went to the grocery store, like the, you know, I've been going, we have what's called like a Makolet, which is like, you know, like a little neighborhood store and then like the big grocery store. So today I went to the big grocery store for the first time since before Simchat Torah to see how it's looking over there. Um, It looks okay, actually. Um, We're out of chicken, we're out of bread. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a
0: minute. 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 Jewish stores are out of chicken. Isn't chicken like our secret secret. That's why we're out of chicken. Right. Isn't that part of our secret sauce? People are like, dear God, no. Yeah.
2: Buy the chicken.
0: Everybody's got frozen. Freezer. Everybody's got frozen chicken.
2: So everyone's just like, war. What do we need? Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Chicken. That's what we need. That's right. So people went and bought chicken. Mm-hmm. We have no chicken. And the thing is that um, like the reason probably is not that we're out of chickens, but because like there's a whole slaughtering process, uh, kosher slaughtering um, is like a whole deal. And, and you have to you have to kill the animals uh, appropriately and then you have to salt them and prepare them, rinse them, all kinds of stuff has to happen. Um, before a chicken makes it to the shelf on the grocery store, so we're out of that. We're out of bread. Um, I can't remember what else we're out of. There was there was a bunch of like I went through the aisles just to see like what's up, like what are people buying? Um, lots and lots of shampoos and soaps were like not gone, but like seriously depleted. Um, mostly because that's one of the like toiletries that people are buying for soldiers um and there
0: are videos i I don't think i got one in my video stack here but there are videos of tons and tons and tons i think i sent
2: you a video but it might not have made you into because i've sent you a bunch of videos today so it might not have made it into your list but there have been a few there's two really funny videos that i saw one was a soldier who was complaining about like how Nobody's supporting them and, and no one's sending anything. But it's like a joke because he's like, no one's bringing us water. And he shows these like huge stacks of water. And then he's like, we're totally out of shampoo. And they have like 75 bottles of shampoo. And they're like, we have no snacks. We're starving. And it's like cans and, and pizza boxes and just all this stuff. People are, are, are being so, so generous let me let me play one more
0: vi- video that I played earlier for Rabbi Shlomo Katz and I'll play it again. Because it's just just a, there's something very happy about this uh, and it gives <laughs> you a lot of strength. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everything's
0: great, Bor <Baruch> Hashem, <laughs> So that that last phrase, you you are our angels. You are our angels. Now um, I just
2: want to I want to stop and highlight that video. I, I the truth is I wasn't watching the rest of your show. I'm just coming on now as a guest, um, and I don't know. Thank you. Yes. I, I don't know what you, um, but so I don't know what you discussed the last time you watched that video, but I think that video is like a lot more than cute. It is totally cute and I love it and I can watch it again and again. It's just adorable. It's just like a feel good video, but it is a lot more than that. Um, I think that it is so critical that people out there know what an incredible effort all Jews from every spectrum of Israeli society are making to add to the um, the environment of support and unity that, that people um, are really trying to achieve, especially for soldiers on the front, but also for people just around them. Um, there is such a... All this, like, all the like externalities and all the differences of like fallen by the wayside. And I, I find that like the, the society is so deeply trying to show support for the people who are out there on the front lines and and picking up the slack in local neighborhoods. Um, Isha, your sister-in-law, um, our sister-in-law, your, your brother's wife, um, she went away when he when he um, was called up to Miloim. She went to Jerusalem to um, get a little support from your mom. And then when she came home, her sukkah was all messed up. She hadn't taken down the sukkah. Of course, as you know, Simchat Torah is right after sukkot. And people like scrambled. And a lot of people still have not taken down their, their sukkahs yet um, because of all the situation. So she came back. And her sukkah was like there had been a windstorm and her sukkah was all like kind of messed up and broken apart within two hours. Her whole sukkah was down because she had reached out to men in her local community and bam, like the men who were not called up to Mila they came, she took a picture of them. They're like unscrewing the, the, the big uh, wooden walls of the sukkah. And that is like so the atmosphere around here. I know um, another woman who was like who has little kids and her husband's in Miloim and she um, and she is taking care of them by herself. And she felt embarrassed to say, but what she wanted was a manicure. She was not liking how her hands were looking. Mm -hmm. Um, and she felt silly to feel this way because she was in the middle of a war, right? And so like who gets a manicure during a war? But I um, I heard about this and I reached out to a list, uh, a local list of people. And I was like, I know this woman, her husband's in Miloim. She kind of, she's feeling stressed. She was telling me that she like breaks down crying or like random stuff because she's so nervous. And she wants a manicure. And it took... 20 minutes until I had a manicure secured for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person who donated it did not want her to know who it was. Um, and she was just like, no. it's just coming from a fellow mom. I just want her to know that, like, I know how hard it is to be at home with little kids. Um, and this is really the atmosphere, just a tremendous amount of giving T- tomorrow in the morning. Um, Isha signed me and two of our kids up, to go set up breakfast in a local um, community center, basically uh, a breakfast for soldiers. They needed volunteers. We're we're in, you know what I mean? And I think everyone really wants to feel like they're part of doing something to stop attacks against Jews now and forever. You know what I mean? Like people all want in on this effort. Um, And... You know, I'm not all over the country doing all kinds of stuff, but the sense I'm getting is that this is nationwide, that people want to feel part of their greater Israeli community, part of the Jewish community, and are trying to support each other. It's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that it takes things like this to get us to that place, but at least we can get to that place when we when we have things like this. I want to
0: show you Malka uh, something that I, I just uh, I actually don't know exactly how to how to present it, but uh, just now, one second, give me a second. I just got a uh, a, a photograph that I think that I really think should we should be able to see uh, all of us. Uh, just give me another second, and I'll try to see if I could. Uh, Gosh, it is tricky to open it up uh, i don't know how to open it up it seems like but there's a picture right now that uh, was sent in whatsapp uh which is of a, a group of hasidic it's, it's a group of hasidic boys tying uh army tziot, army tzitzit, um um and, and getting them ready for soldiers such a beautiful such a beautiful picture.
2: Um, and it's it's so it's so the opposite of how certain swaths it seemed of society at at one time wanted to portray the Haredi public as like totally disassociated from everything that's going on with the state, um, and it's it's very heartwarming to me to see. Oh, it's behind us. You made it. You made it. Your, uh, hold, your hold
0: on one second. Let me let me see if we so, could. Uh, uh,
2: I find can... that the Haredi public is like very powerfully wanting to be involved in the in the effort and doing everything that they can do. I don't know, <clears throat> Isha, if you played any of the the videos of people davening. Um, there are people davening all over the place. There's a video I didn't send you, which I saw, of like you know. There's some people might know what I'm talking about, but Isha, I know you do. You know, there's a big shul in Jerusalem that looks like the Beit HaMikdash. Sure. The bells, the bells are... Wait, you know what, Malka? If if I could just
0: for one second, just remove you for one second. I'll bring you by back and I'll remove myself as well. And let me remove myself. And just everybody look at this background. Okay. Did you see that picture, Malka? Did you see that picture? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's an and they had they had
2: like a thousand of those to right. tie today. And they right. did it. And they like showed up to do it. And, you know, they could say to themselves, like one could present them as people who have no interest, right? Like what do they have to do with these like not so religious Jews who don't even own their own pair of tzitzit that they need uh, to get one from the army, right? But but, like the very opposite, they show up in their black hat and they're like, okay, tzitzit, time, time. And they like get in there and they tie the tzitzit and they tie them some more just to like help a fellow Jew, um, to fight for this country. and And you could see that they really appreciate the value of these soldiers and 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 respect them and are grateful for the for the 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 sacrifice that they make.
0: Let us pray, Amalka, that indeed, um, we are going to have um, um, an awakening through this process that this war is going to be a beautiful thing. You started saying something else, and I cut you off with a picture story.
2: Oh, I was just saying that, that I saw a, a great video, which I didn't send you, of a huge davening, a huge prayer service in the bells synagogue, which looks if you're driving along the highway in Jerusalem, you're driving regular neighborhoods, everything looks normal. And then there's like this almost like third temple looking structure, which is a bells, the giant bells, uh, Hasidus. Headquarter, Davening location, and they they did a big the Bell's wide, yeah. They did a big community wide prayer for the Jewish nation and for the soldiers, and uh, it's it's just it's great. It's um, it's just so where we want to be, and it feels a little bit. It feels a little bit like an extension of Yom Kippur to me. I don't know about you, but I...
0: Well, that's what the rabbi said. You you, you missed that. The rabbi oh, actually said, that's me. what he called it. He called it the Yom Kippur War II uh, 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 war. That's what he called it, actually.
2: Yeah, but I don't mean Yom Kippur the war. I mean Yom Kippur the holiday. Right. You know, we, we like, you know, this Elul time, I try to be more on top of it than I feel like I usually am. Usually I'm like very caught up in having the guests, what's my menu going to be, you know, and that stuff is very nice and it is important. But this year I was like, I'm going to focus more on my spirituality. And I put like 20% more, 30% more into that. And I felt like it it like was very big for me. And so going into Rosh Hashanah, and then I tried to keep the ball rolling in my little small ways. And then until we got to Yom Kippur and I felt like we had, We, you know, we did our best in our Yom Kippur davening. Was it good? Unclear. But, like, we tried. Um, And, you know, after you have a Yom Kippur where you feel, like, really invested and, like, you really, really did try to, like, work on your traits and your behaviors and and all that stuff, you, like, after that Yom Kippur, you want to, like, kind of keep going. You know, you want to, like, keep it up keep those good changes that you made and not like drop into what you were before the Teshuvah season. And it feels to me like nationwide that this experience that we're having is like, is the, it's almost like the continuation of a good Yom Kippur. I don't know if that's really true. I hope I'm being clear in what I'm saying. Obviously we're going through things and we've had like horrible, we've got a horrible knock. Um, a horrible judgment in a certain sense. But then again, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe something better can happen for our nation. Now Um, I'm really praying. And, you know, we got these people that were taken for us from us in this most um, absolutely unacceptable, grisly, inhumane, terrible, heartbreaking way. Maybe it, it happened. So, so maybe it doesn't have to be for nothing, you know, maybe, maybe after all this, maybe it can be for something. Um, And I think that would be better than it being for nothing. So I hope that we can keep it up and uh, maintain a good eye toward each other and a a generous hand toward each other and uh, a warm heart for each other. And, you know, keep those, keep it rolling.
0: Wagner Alberto Bibiano, also known as the Babe, uh, is, is a Brazilian lover of Israel. He's put up these beautiful flags. Um, Hashem expanded the Achdut of Simcha's Torah, says Ayin Zion, that he's brought us together uh, over this holiday of Simcha's Torah. Uh, Alpha Kargabo says, loving and praying for Israel is in my DNA. That's nice. And Wizard of Pause writes, <laughs> unity warrior may god keep you safe oh, Amen. but elize khan says go to hell israel oh, no, no,
2: don't say it don't say it blah, no blah, you know blah, blah, what blah, blah, blah. i like i
0: like when the bad don't guys dirty up your stuff.
2: mouth with this person's garbage yeah. no but you
0: know what there are haters out there like Elise. Well, yeah but too bad for you Elise. we ain't going nowhere we're gonna be here forever we're sticking around we're not leaving. Nothing's going to stop us. The Jewish people are here to stay forever and ever. This is the homeland. So you can be as hateful as you want. You could even do your little attacks and all this stuff, but we'll be back. We'll be stronger through it. In malasoit, as we say in Hebrew, there's nothing you can do. We're just moving forward. Maka Fleischer, I want to wish you uh, uh, continued success and health. Uh, may you continue to give other people strength as well. Through this period and may you uh, see the you and um, your family and the family, the broader family of the Jewish people see the victory uh, of Israel over our enemies. And let's bless our government that it also acts properly uh, in this next period and doesn't make uh, mistaken decisions. And we're 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 praying for the welfare of the state of Israel, uh, really for its um, that its actions uh, are going to be historically a, a it's a matter of pride.
2: It's, it's right. got to fulfill its mandate. It's it That's was right. created for just a couple simple reasons That's and it's right. got to do those things.
0: Uh our time, so Elise Khan says that the one who called to said the, the bad words about Israel, he says your time is finished. But it's only just begun, Elise Khan. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, you know, you know whose time is finished. Sorry, hashtag sorry not sorry. Yeah, hashtag boom. You're finished, <laughs> and you're gone, and, and you're not going to defeat us. Even when you hurt us and you strike against us, uh, we're just going to get bigger and stronger because God is on our side, and He wants to see the Jewish people in His ancestral homeland fulfilling in in His gift to his, to His beloved forefathers and mothers. Maka Fleischer, I want to bless you and thank you very much for being with me on the show.
2: Thank you. Good news to everybody.
0: All right. Malka Fleischer, great having you. And folks, I want to thank you all. Uh, and says Judith York, she says, Israel will not fail because the Israelites are the chosen people of Hashem. All my prayers are with you. Thank you, Judith York. Thank you very much. And that indeed, uh, you're you're a blessing to Israel and we bless you right back. That's what we do the Jewish people. We bless those who bless the Jewish people um and and regarding Elize khan whoever that is uh, etsy says uh, you are not very original many have said that before and here we are and our enemies are no more so good luck with all that hatred that's right uh i think Elise khan needs to uh be uh, uh, uh blocked because i'm going to put this user in timeout maybe because he's saying a lot of bad things and mariana king Marianne King says, "Blessing and love from Germany. Thank you very much." Um, and Imran Khan, um, I don't know what he's exactly. He's making a little. I'm not sure if this was a positive thing or a negative thing, uh, but he has um, um, little, little, little devils and and flags of Israel. I think what he means is that uh, Israel will be able to defeat all its enemies. With uh, with uh, with with strength, you know, of of uh, of 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 rage and cleanse all that hate out of this world. All right, folks. Lots of love. Thank you also to Moshe Herman who was with me. Uh, It's too bad that uh, we um, didn't have um, Facebook with us, and there was somebody who obviously blocked us a little bit in Facebook. But we'll get back there as well. (laughs) We'll get back there. We'll get back to the ancestral homeland and. uh, in our, our proper, rightful place at Facebook as well. Lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings. Blessings to you. Let's keep Israel strong together. Let's keep those prayers up. Let's forget all the haters. They're just so. They're not Simchas Torah. They're the opposite. They're the. They're the force of Amalek, the doubt that God doesn't exist. And let's pray to Hashem that He gives us strength to make His land be full of light of his grace that his face will be seen in his land and the whole world will see it thank you everybody for being with me lots of love thanks again to uh leah batzion fleischer who helped rock the show a uh, great job with you leah it's great to to be teamed up with you as we say amen says let's he says amen i say amen laila tov, and may we hear good news the continued strength and the defeat of the enemies of israel shalom